The reading today is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 to 17. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the emperor. Good morning. It will be helpful if you have a Bible to hand as we continue our studies in the book of First Peter. First Peter was written by Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest friends and a disciple. He's writing to Christians who are scattered throughout the area of Asia Minor, which is a region we would know of as Turkey today, and it's around 30 years after the death of Jesus. He's trying to encourage these Christians to live out their faith in a world that can often be hostile to the Christian message. This world would feel really alien to them now in their new identity as Christians, and here Peter is comparing them to exiles. We see that in verse 11. We hear about exiles in the Bible back in the Old Testament uh, when it talks about the Israelites losing their land. They were God's chosen people and yet they were in exile in a foreign place. But there was a story of redemption at work since Genesis of bringing these exiles back home. And Peter here is pulling all Christians into this story and we're included in that. After four months of being apart, of being unable to physically meet together, we know something of what these believers are experiencing as they were scattered across the region. Peter calls them foreigners and exiles, which makes sense when we glance back just a couple of verses to verse 9, where Peter is showing them, and us, who they are in Christ. He says, We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, being called from darkness to light. We're different. Even if we've never travelled to foreign lands, we all know how it feels to be different, to perhaps feel like we don't fit in. As we entered lockdown way back in March, we were taking our directions from Prime Minister Boris Johnson and First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. And there was one briefing that I remembered in particular given by Nicola Sturgeon. And it painted a picture of what our lives would look like in the days and weeks ahead. It made my heart sink to think about it. She says this, Life shouldn't feel normal right now. So if your life still feels entirely normal, ask yourself if you are doing the right things. If Jesus lives in us, things should not feel normal. Jesus is our new normal and he wants to transform us. Unlike the new normal of lockdown, which made our worlds very small for a few months, 
God's new normal for us is expansive and wide and free. Peter reminds us of that in verse 16. Live as free people. Dallas Willard, in his book Renovation of the Heart, writes this. When our heart comes to new life in God, the old programmes are still running, contrary to our new heart. My identity before God has been shifted over to another life that is also now in me as God's gift. There is who we used to be and there is who God is making us into. We've been changed from the inside because God lives in us and is working in us. But these old programmes that Willard talks about, they still persist. The book is so challenging because it says that God is looking to transform not just our actions, but our hearts as well. And Peter is urging us to make space for God's transforming work in our lives. And he suggests three things. Abstaining, living good lives and submitting. Peter has called Christians firstly to abstain in verse 11 to distance ourselves from sinful desires. We might have ideas in mind about what these sinful desires could be. They'll often be headline-grabbing things like money, status, sex, substance abuse, things that would maybe make a bold headline. However, sinful desires can refer to all of human nature that is apart from God. So we could add jealousy, anger, selfishness, greed, and a whole raft of other human characteristics to this list. Perhaps we can all think of a time when we've battled with willpower. We've tried to quit a bad habit. Drink less coffee, use the car less, no more chocolate. Abstaining is not easy. And Paul, who was another of Jesus's followers, he writes in Romans chapter seven, he describes his struggle to live this new life. I do not understand what I do, he writes. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. We struggle to do what we want to do, to live free in this new life with God. We end up doing the things we don't want to be doing anymore. Why this struggle? Why can we not just decide that we're going to be holy and have no more sinful desires? Well, Matthew says in chapter 26 that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit versus the flesh. There's a war going on inside of us. Those old ways that Dallas Willard wrote about are still trying to run our new hearts and they can creep back into our lives in very subtle ways. If the flesh is weak, sometimes the best approach is to distance ourselves, to abstain, as Peter is advising. A few years ago, I decided to stop buying magazines. Now, I realised that magazines would not be up there on the top 10 most sinful desires list. Um, however, I found that they were feeding my heart with messages about my appearance, my diet, my home, my relationships that were just unhelpful. They always left me feeling like I didn't have enough or that I didn't look quite right. And these ideals were slowly filling more of my heart space. So I stopped buying them. 
And we all have choices to make about what we feed our hearts and our minds with. Magazines for me might be something else for you. As God fills our lives with his Holy Spirit, there is less space for the temporary baggage this world wants to weigh us down with. Abstaining. Secondly, at the start of verse 12, Peter is asking us to live good lives. I wonder how many of us have been sucked in at times to buy products because we've seen a celebrity endorse them. Perhaps we drink Nespresso coffee like George Clooney or use L'Oreal products like Beyonce or we might be rocking the latest sporting label like Andy Murray because we want to try and up our game. Celebrity endorsement is expensive for companies to do and they spend a lot of money getting these celebrities to endorse their products. Because it's powerful, it makes us buy. We see something attractive in these celebrities and we want something off it. When Peter encourages us to do good, the word he's using does not just mean in terms of quality, it also means fine, attractive, winsome. When people look at our lives, what do they see us endorsing? We all endorse something, be it our values, our beliefs, our choices, even the products that we buy. Like us, these Christians were out there, in the world, doing whatever God had given them to do. And God wants us to live our lives out there, in the world, doing what he has given us to do amongst the people he has given us. Let your light shine before others, Matthew says in chapter 5, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Are we endorsements for our Father in heaven? Are we living lives that show us to be God's free people? Lastly, in verse 13, submitting to human authority. The emperors that Peter speaks of here were known for their tyrannical rule. He is well aware that human authority can be used in abusive ways, and yet he seems to be telling us to just put up and submit. The Bible, however, presents a powerful and sustained attack on the abuse of power by human authorities. Submitting to authority, it's not a negative, passive thing. God has designed us to live in societal structures rather than anarchy. And looking back on these past few months, it seems surreal that we all stayed home and followed government guidelines. Our latest example of submission is perhaps the face masks we're being asked to wear. Whatever our view of them, we wear them because we submit to the authority of our country. We want to reassure others, our fellow citizens, that we are making an effort and playing our part in keeping everyone safe. The early church was under fire, with lots of slanderous things being said about Christians. And while Christians today can be seen as judgmental or bigoted, recent research by Transform Scotland has shown that 54% more than half the population of Scotland, have a positive view of Christianity. Verse 15 tells us it is by doing good we silence the ignorant talk. 
It's true, isn't it, what they say, that actions sometimes can speak louder than words. And in these past four months in Edinburgh alone, we've seen Bethany, Cap Money, Safe Families, Edinburgh City Mission, to name just a few, all actively doing good throughout this city. Some have said the church is closed, and yet we have seen the church provide meals, pastoral care, prayer ministry, resources for children, and much more. This strange season has been a real opportunity for Christians to be a blessing where they've been placed, for their actions to speak. Shopping for relatives, delivering meals, setting up WhatsApp group for neighbours, even organising the dreaded family quizzes. These are all examples of living peaceful, wise and good lives. It's part of the picture Peter is painting here for us on what submission is. But so also is keeping up with, trying to keep up with and engaging with our country's politics, with the democracy that we have. By abiding with the laws of the country and using the systems that we have been placed in. It's also good and right for us to speak up for oppression and injustice whenever we see it. So, abstaining, living good lives and submitting. This morning, if we feel like we don't fit in, in this world as it hurtles towards its new normal, if we still feel like a foreigner or an exile, we can be assured that this is how it's meant to be for us as Christians. Ecclesiastes 3 in verse 11 says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of the human race. We long for more. We were made for more. One commentator describes us as exiles of eternity, and I really like that. As we live in and journey through this world, we lift our heads and turn our gaze towards God and his eternal kingdom.